Hey, you guys, welcome to the podcast, Honey Butter. I'm your host, Liana Norman, and this is my very first episode. On this episode, I'll be focusing on the importance of never giving up. When it comes to, you know, like, I'm, I, and this is my, this is my question, because you know you've been in the military, so when it comes to getting things done that you want people to do, you feel like it's, it's better to tell them how you want it to be done or allow them to do it how they think it needs to be done? Well, that, that's a good way. You want to let them have their own position on the way it should be done. Their own position? That's what you said? Well, like their own way of doing it. Yeah. Like, have, have their, like, you let them have their Opinion. freedom. Opinion. So, how did you? Because you train people, or you were just like a like a person above them, like kind of like their I don't want to say babysitter, but you're kind of like their person above them, and you tell them what to do. Or did you train them? Let me answer the question. I started from the bottom. I was a private YouTuber. What is a private YouTuber? Single man from the bottom. Yeah. He wanted a private. So they gave me a little money. Give me more money. Then I gave me because. I would But what is like money to you? Like what was the money back then? Fifty dollars. A month. Oh, a month? Well I guess back then that was but that's still like fifty dollars. And you were married to mom? Sorry no. Oh wow. I I didn't get married to I returned from Europe, Germany. Yeah, I did from Germany, which I did my first enlistment time. When I signed up, they sent me to Germany. Were you scared? to go overseas? Uh, I, I would say okay. I was more adventurous to get out there. I remember you were saying the other day that when you first got in, they tried to um, like psychologically beat you down and kind of make you feel like not bad but they are trying to break you and so like how did you get to that you just kind of didn't take it personally no i i realized that was a pregnant event that had to take place and I didn't need to learn how to deal with that environment. Because mm-hmm. I thought um, you wanted to quit because they were saying, you know, some stuff about your mom and stuff. Like they were trying to break you, you know, like trying to make you feel bad and yelling at you and stuff like that. But, but that's good that you were able to kind of just understand that's a part of it. Yeah. It's not something to take personally. Because yeah. I don't think that I would be able to have somebody yell at me <laughs> and feel like, oh, it's, it's, it's just a part of the 
you know, the job. Like a lot of people want to be out there. I know I was truly blessed when I was in the church because in my earlier days, they gave me the responsibility early, two and a half years. I was a sergeant. I made a sergeant two and a half years. How did you do that though? Because no. not everybody can do that. No, not, not everybody did. What did you do? My job. But I did better than my job required. So you did it above and beyond. You didn't just do the minimum. No. I was always the one that looked at a situation and figure that how I can make it better. So you aren't really like afraid to speak up and you know, like say, hey, this might be better. Like give your opinion. No, and at the doing no times, I was very. So I had a strong approach at looking at how I can help get them better. That's good. Because I had a great man keep me down. That was Coach Watchman. Your football? High school football coach. He the one put me in for the Hall of Fame. Oh, he was the person who nominated you? Yeah. Before he died. Wow. So he really liked you? Yeah, that's all. Can you believe you're in in your high school's Hall of Fame? Your football Hall of Fame? Well, no, no. Oh. Anyway, but yes, anyway. I was a good football player. I mean, that's just the final line. I'm not going to put no shit on it. I was a running back, and I was running you off. <laughs> If you live my way, I'm taking you out. Yeah, that's how to it. Because oh, that's how people, because I think mom was saying everybody knew you. Everybody knew your name. Wow. So why didn't you want to be a football player? Why'd you go into the military? Because they were the first. I did. Yeah, I found out that was, it would help me finish my college. At that time, at that time, like, like they do now, it, it would pay you money. So I lived there like this. I've been, in the military, the base, and I'm going to do so. In a way that that was good, even though I wanted other things in life, but I figured that was good because I had that ambition to use my head to do that. So where did you get that ambition? One daddy. Oh, my father. Yeah. Yeah. He was a businessman to and to. He he died on the 
the the, the, the uh, one you was talking to on the phone that time. Yeah, one thing that well, he don't you know because he getting out in a year, but he live in North Carolina, oh. so he don't always like come home all the time. But sometimes he'll be coming this way, you know. He trying to set himself up for that. Where is it a Champions Union? Yeah, in uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, like I just, I can see, you know, like uh, that's kind of where the inspiration came from in your life. And I can see that, you know, like you say, you, you feel like your dad was a real good man and he did what he was supposed to do. And that's, that's how you carrying the torch forward, you know? You know. Yeah, and I feel the same because I feel like as I'm getting older, I kind of want to do something, um, you know, because you have your master's degree. So I want to do, like, I want to extend it and get my doctoral degree so you can look at me like, oh, I'm proud you, you stepped, you did a step above me and you're you doing do something. Because I feel like seeing you go through you know the accident and stuff like that and seeing that you are still trying to be the best you can be i'm just realizing that there's no point of being bitter about you know life and you can still push and do something instead of just being like oh man i don't really care anymore you know She actually, she told me that she's she feels like she's proud of herself because what we went through with you going through, you know, because you were the the person in our life that was the head, and when you went down, it was like it was on her shoulders, and she says she's proud of herself because she didn't turn to drugs, she didn't start drinking, she wasn't promiscuous. Like the the only thing that I feel like I can critique her on is that she uh like went inward she just didn't really like talk a lot about how she felt and she didn't really try to you know do that it was just more like she kept herself and you know her strength was you know she kept going and right now she has a business she has her own business so it's not like she stopped you know and gave up so I, I feel like she kind of did the right thing. She's, I feel like a good, positive role model. I don't think she did anything bad. Oh yeah, she is. Yeah, I feel like she did a really good job. No better finish. One day is good. Yeah. And we will now. Okay, we work together. She what? Yeah. Oh, an area? Yeah. yeah. That's what that's why I wanted to call her too, because I kinda wanted to ask her questions on how what it was like in Stockton and like you know, because I feel like both of y'all had a an, like an ambitious like way, you know, you wanted to get out of it. Because, you know, she likes to travel. She can't stay put. She has to be doing something. And I just felt like I wonder where she got that, um, you know, perspective from. What do you think? Because you know her family. I know your mother. So why is she like that? that she had to stand up for the family keep she put together and she's been there because she realized we put too much in this. Yeah. 
She, we came to the hospital every day. She would pick me up from school and we would go straight to the hospital. We wouldn't even go home. We would be at the hospital from the time me and LJ got out of school until like eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, go home, go to sleep, go to school, well, and then come to the hospital. Yeah. That's how I spent uh, a few, like when you were in the coma and then when you got out of the coma, you were still in the hospital. And that's pretty much how I spent a few years. That's what it was in the hospital. So I think that's why, you know, mom gets so frustrated when we get mad at her and stuff like that, because she really, um, you know, was supportive for real. And made sure that we, you know, we were there, you know, because I think she knew that you knew we were there, even though you were in the coma. I think she knew that you could, you know, feel our energy and stuff. Because sometimes she would be like, oh, you see, like, you see his eyes flickering, like, oh, he could hear you say something. And she would encourage me to say stuff and, you know, try to let you know that we're here. And that's probably how you got out of the coma. And my eyes were so dirty. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, I'm gonna call mom right now. Call okay. mom. I'm sure oh. she's probably busy oh. with Israel. And I, I just, I wanted to leave California. <laughs> I wanted to travel and just so happened I met your dad and uh, we, you know, we worked it out where, you know, we fell in love and got married. And, uh, and I, I just always wanted uh, the life that I, that I read about. You know, be a good person and do, do good things. And and your dad, uh, you know, we kind of was in sync with that. Uh, learning learning as much as we can, travel, do that for you guys. You know, just have a have a good family. So, what made you like not want to give up during the times that I'm sure was rough? like throughout the process, even before his accident, like what pushed you through? Um, I, I, I can't, I can't really, um, put a word or anything to it. Um, I, 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 I was in love with your dad and I, I just, I wanted to, to be there and, and, and do the right thing. Um, and I, I guess I had strength that I didn't know I had. Um, so, yeah. yeah. You definitely embody that, you know, because when I look back on certain things, I'm just kind of like, I don't know if I would have been able to do it like that. But, yeah. but that's why I was wondering if maybe, you know, some, you, you know, you went through something and it kind of helped you to, you know, shaped you into the person you are today no i don't i i don't i don't remember anything going through anything um i just i, I guess i just had that strength inside me and a lot of people say that they don't think they would have been able to do it but you don't know right. until you get to that point you don't know whether you can't handle it you don't know what's going to be your breaking point and I you know I, I did a lot of praying and I contribute that to some of the things that I uh, accomplished and, and got through uh, 
because I, you know, after your dad had the accident, I did a lot of praying. Yeah, you know, I remember I'll put seeing. You I, I remember seeing you praying every night in the room. I remember. Yeah. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. After you guys went to bed, sometimes I go in the bathroom and cry and pray because I didn't want you guys to see it, mm-hmm. and. Um, it, you know, I didn't want to scare you guys. So, uh, you know, your dad in the hospital and I'm looking like I'm breaking down. Uh, so, I, yeah, I just, um, I, I contribute a lot of it to, to praying and I still, you know, because it's, it's every day is a fight to, you know, get through things. So, right. so yeah. Some days I don't know whether I'm gonna make it yeah. through. So, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I still pray every night. Get down on my knees and pray. That's good. Every night. So, that's so good. yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. I just you know wanted to give you a call so you can have your input on you know into the conversation because I feel like you have you know, some good, valuable lessons, you know, you could put into the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Yep. And like I always say, I I appreciate you and LJ being there to get me through, uh, through this. So, yeah. Well, that's, I guess we, we don't, you know, us being your children, we don't know what we're doing. But that's good to hear that we, you know, if we don't do anything, at least we kind of helped you. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact, I mean, you guys are, you have to fight through and, and you guys are doing good things. Mm-hmm. So you in school, LJ's in school. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. But um, I'll talk to you a little bit later. Okay. All righty. Bye. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. So, you hear what she had to say about everything. But we were talking about the coronavirus and how I was telling him that I think it's like, um, like a biological warfare. Like I'm trying to dominate certain things because I, I think when I learned in history a, a while ago that they would, you know, like spread disease and kill people and, you know, kind of dominate the, like, the society and stuff with stuff that yeah. like the new one. Good. Okay. We can put open that. But the world. So now I know so I mean, it has to be. I think they fight it all in this. And it just done to, uh, to show this kid of a weapon system. Of a what? This is it. Of a weapon system. Oh, a weapon system. And that is starting to probably throughout the world because it's all over. No need to tell me is that we saw this. We don't know they've been tested, but they know. And she did done did this on a global scale. See, it could be some drug in the atmosphere that they knew. They had to check this time going to start to go out around the world. See? 
Because how can we all be having the same opposition to mental environments like this? Now, if we work by our mask on and get and a good one, two or three people. Now, what's that all about? Wow. Oh, yeah, this can be magical if you see them. Right? And this doesn't that seem like that's them trying to control, trying to dominate? So they're using our fear to pretty much, you know, control. Donald Trump, he'll do something like this. He'll violate the scheme. They have the cure. Yeah. If he does, he's been around, like you said, he's been around all these people who've been who have the coronavirus, but he doesn't have the coronavirus. Yeah. So they have the cure. Yeah. They're just. You know, I'm just going to be around people. And, and, and they got coronavirus and he don't have it. Well, we don't know he don't have it. He's just telling us he doesn't have it. Because if he has it, we all would probably be in a panic. But well, gee, somebody's going to call us and say that one day. I mean, it's bound to come up. So I have to say, have you just said Because nobody has that. Is the person all right? Why not tell the American people that you had the test? I mean, something that they're trying to make money off. It would be to his will to do that. So then they start opening up the facilities to control this book. I mean, some kind of negative approach that we can use to fight off the environment of the current environment. So, they're not fooling me, I know. I, I don't care what no one's it's all very, very, very stuff. Yes. There's the whole world right now. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm. Man, that's getting crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess. I have to stay positive and run it best. You guys are just yeah. But I wish that we would have a clear election. Drop my win again. He got the money. And when he talked, he just fucked. That dog. He got all the money. Yeah. But he had to be not aware of himself. Get that out of the whole world now. I'm gonna have to. Please, they're tearing down those. 
and they charge interest and put that bill on the lowest on the total book. So while you work in your hourly employment, you end up getting taxed the hardest, you know, and you end up putting the bill. Even though it's it's paid up money. Yeah. It's like they're like making us believe like, you know, we're in debt all these trillions of dollars on it's like, what is that? What but, is this that they created? But when I uh when I you know, I've been reading and doing some studying for some real knowledge that can change your day-to-day life. And I've been hearing intelligent people say that when you when you want the answer to some problem, you look at history and how other countries and other people got to their solutions. That's what you study when you look for the answers. For example, if you're trying to find a solution to a particular problem and you don't know where to begin to get to the solution, you can look at how another country or other people found their solution to that problem and you can begin to find your answers, you know? And I think that's an intelligent approach to finding solutions to certain things. But when it comes to business, one thing about America is when you look at Congress and you look at the people who run the country, look at where their most valuable assets are. A lot of them are landowners. A lot of them are business owners. And that's why a lot of the times when the country go through these situations, they don't have the same energy as the people who are just an employee. You know, they know that they have some control over their assets. And a lot of the times when it comes to where the resources are going to get allocated, they're going right to those assets, to the landowners and to the business owners. They ain't worried about that, you know? That is true. I guess I'm just looking at it like from the perspective of the people that you're saying is at the bottom of the totem pole. Like you can tell these people that you'd be like, hey, you know, this is the answer. But I'm sure they'll probably be like, well, how am I going to be able to get that? Like how, like, yeah, they're like, yeah, that's the answer. But I'm like on section eight. Like I don't have a job. Well, again, I don't want to work. That's why, that's why I tried to say, like, as far as coming up with solutions, you have to study how the people who got in position got into that position. Because we just a watched Madam... Are white men. Yeah, but we just watched a black woman yeah, come, from the, come from the bottom up. And it's not just white men. See, a lot of... Uh, the first... Uh, the first... Madam, uh, Madam C.J. CJ Walker, Walker, the one who did the hair products, who right. did the relaxer. So at, at back in the early 1900s, she came up with her hair. It was like a hair like cream or something that helped you to get healthy hair. And she was able to become one of the first female millionaires pushing towards a billion because of her product. But it just shows that if you pay attention to her historical formula or how she was able to create her wealth and you pay attention to other successful people, no matter white, black, money is green. So if you pay attention to what those business people have done, their investments and the moves they make, I think that's how you figure out how you can move from being in a position of having less fortune to having more fortune. Like, at least you have an understanding of what the path is going to take. Because when you go to work every day, at least you can have a vision on what to do with your finances that can help to improve your situation for the long term. You know, because it don't make sense to just be doing something repetitively when you don't really understand how you like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Are you going to change your situation? Especially if it's a miserable situation, you know? I mean, I know a lot of people had to start down there, you know? Yeah. 
and that's kind of common, but you have to figure that out. Like the puzzle got to get put together in your mind on why, what am I going to have to do to get from this point to get to where I really want to be? You got to, I think you got to eventually think like that. And that's why I feel like it's it's cool, like when you br- bring out puzzles and stuff, and you can put it together and you know, like try to make it all come together. Yeah. That's kind of the the process I've been. Yeah, I think puzzles is a good idea to show people that there's different ways to get to the same destination. You know, because a lot of people feel like they way is the best way. But a puzzle will show you that there's more than one way to get the job done. Yeah. Yeah, you hear that? There's more than one way to get the job done. Not just your way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we all we all know that, but the other side of that is uh, when you at something like if I'm at your dad's business and he's the owner he's the person that's in control of calling the shots on how it gets done so a lot of people get that confused too they want to come into your place of ownership or your you know place that you have established and they want to be the one who call the shot on how it get done and that's not how it works unless they empower you to do that. So True. that that's the other side of But isn't that how people move up the ranks? Like what he was saying, like um if you come into a business and you're like the the fryer or the washer, but then you might talk to somebody and be like, hey, you know, it's easier to to cook the burger like this or it's easier to put the pie together like this and you're you're providing some type of information to help the job go and I thought that's how you move up if you just kind of like oh I'm just a worker I'm, I don't want to say anything it's like you're going to stay in that in position a, in a perfect world I think that everybody who intended to come up with those solutions that a lot more people need to have understanding on, you know. But I'm, you know, really trying to dig in to having that understanding because it, it can, like, when you, when you, in a place like America, when you don't feel like you have the funds to do everything that you want to do, and you seeing how the government is operating in a sense that there's a way to get what you need done when you ain't necessarily just, you know, like in the position to have all the cash on yourself, you know, yourself, they got like for the government a way to get the money. Then it kind of something that I realized is like that for businesses and then trickle down the people in the form of like different types of grants and aid and stuff. So you kind of got to know where to look, you know what I'm saying? And know the language, you know, know the language to speak to get the resources because it is there. A lot of the time, it's right there. You just don't know the right things to say when you get inside the bank, the right places to look to, to access the funds. And I've realized over time doing research that it's a lot of funds right in front of people that they don't even know, you know, that's right there, mm-hmm. you know. Huh. And that they do that on purpose too. They put the information right in your face. It's kind of like that. Right in plain sight. But like your dad said, it's more than one way to skin a cat. And <laughs> that's something we recognize always been going on, like different people taking different routes to get to the same place. So. An intelligent person going to figure out which route they want to go 
and start to do their research on what it took for the people that went that way to get there and put your work in, you know? My, it depends on who you are, too. Because, like I was saying with him, like, I don't think I could be in the military because I can't take people yelling at me. But I can go about it a different way to get to, you know, the wealth that I want to have. like that through my business you know like I want it to be serious I want people to be proud to say that they work for that business and I want them to say hey when I put in my work there I got the rewards and the benefits to take care of my family to live the American dream that you see me living and I want to help to create that relationship the way other businesses have done for people so I really try to study how they did that you know Because I saw that he started off in the transport, import, ex- well, 
transportation like trucking. That's where he started out at transporting goods for money. And he then started looking around to see what other goods people would pay more for. And that's where he got into drugs, you know, because it was just, hey, I'm transporting all this other stuff back and forth and getting paid. And then he ended up starting to transport drugs and making more money because he thought it, it was just about the money. But we know that that's illegal. And the guy who he got in the business, who gave him his chance as far as who owned the trucking business was telling Escobar like, man, you making good money. Why you feel like you, you know, gotta go illegal. And he was going back and forth with the guy about, I'm in this to make more as much money as I can. And the guy was like, man, no, man, like you, you kind of getting off track because you don't have to do that like that. You can make a lot of money and make a good lifestyle for you without getting into illegal stuff. And that's when they kind of went their own way. And he ended up making a lot of money and, and doing a lot of corrupt things and it ended up real tragic. And that's the story of kind of where he went, you know, and took, took life too. And like she's saying, that whole risk versus reward thing, you know, I don't think that that's how it should be. I don't think that you, I think more to me, when I think of intelligence, I think of doing things the right way. You know, having your legacy not stolen from you in the end, trying to do things the right way. But I do have to admit that when I looked at his story, it was a little bit like interesting to see the level of corruption that was going on within the fact that he had uh, uh, so much money and that a lot of people was taking the money because they didn't see that kind of money from what they was trying to do in their life. So when they saw that kind of money on the table, they was taking bribes and they was taking assets and things that he was able to provide and they was corrupt, turning corrupt, you know? So I was like, damn, that's crazy that this system is kind of so easily being corrupted because it was like getting to the president getting down to them boys, you know? Like it was police and officials and a lot of people being corrupt, but... but it's, I would say, I think that that was... It, I think it started like 70s, 80s, yeah. coming around into like the late 90s, I want to think, yeah, you know? But it's I think it's really on the perception of how people make it seem because Pablo, like Escobar, he did do corrupt stuff and, you know, people got murdered and stuff like that, but he was um, putting people on, like he gave them jobs, right. you know, that and they they were able to get money that they have never seen before and stuff like that. And I feel like it's the perception of how they made him seem because the evolution of America is corrupt and how they dominated the land is corrupt and how they're dealing with their people is corrupt. But it's all, they're, they're making the perception seem like everything is good and we're feeding our people. We're, they have all these jobs when some of these jobs are corrupt. So it's, I just feel like it's all in the perception of who's, who's creating the perception. I don't feel like Escobar was a bad person you know, in the beginning, I just feel like that, you know, money kind of changes people sometimes. That power changes people, you know, and... It's, a, it's you know, like, I, I, I have to say that, you know, I have to say that I feel like it's such, it's such a great area with that because, you know, at the end of the day, I think that personally, I would like for things that to be fair. Meaning, if I like, if I want to work hard, I should have the opportunity to put my work in. It shouldn't be a lot of racism. It shouldn't be a lot of like manipulating stuff going on. And I should be able to come up the ladder, make a life here in America, 
buy land, buy property, you know, and leave something behind. On that route, and you know, another thing personally that I was experiencing on that journey early on was I physically felt blessed. Like, man, if it was fair and you just going out here and saying, hey, young man, put your work in. We're going to give you what you're supposed to get. You go home, you buy your stuff, you do your thing. And that, that was the real exchange. Man, I'd have been a billionaire. You feel me? But we know that the reality is that it's a lot of manipulating things happening in this, you know, game that's being played with people's lives. And personally, I just feel like at the end of the day, people want to get their results and, you know, uh, try to make that exchange as less risky as possible. They don't want to lose their life if they, you know, some people, they don't want to lose their life if they don't have to, you know, but they want to get their results and live that American dream, you know, um, but I see a lot of people going the wrong way but and i i necessarily i really feel like i want to do the right thing to get it. like i want to have a legit business like i never really wanted to go into service i never like i'm not afraid to fight but i always wanted to have my own business going on here in america and i just want to operate that business take care of people like how I see other people do they people, provide them opportunity to earn money, you know. But, uh, but yeah, it's kind of wild, man, because you know that there's some corrupt things going on right in front of you, you know. I mean, look at our President Trump. <laughs> you know, he lied right to our face, right to our face, get caught in the lie and act like, you know, he changed it up and everything good, you know, like, so it is kind of like you can't really act like you don't see that. But at the end of the day, I think mature people going to tell you it's about results. It's about getting your results. You know? It's crazy, man. You know? My buddy in the Marines right now, he like, he can't wait to get out. You know? That's what he's saying every day when he talks to me, man. I'm done with this. I'm ready to get out. Like, Well, next June is his, he'll be at his mark to where he said he got 90 days leave and he gonna be, at June, he pretty much be riding it out, you know? So he kind of trying to just get across the finish line and, you know, he was like, you know, we just talking straight talk about how, you know, his daddy encouraged him to invest in the real estate and how that's what he really want to be focused on after the military. And he already got some properties and stuff, but he just ready to be done with that because he really feel like he's bigger than that, just the military, you know, like he liked the power, he liked the rank and the power that he's accumulated and don't really want to lose that. But he like, you know, I feel a level of restriction that I'm ready to kind of spread my wings a little more. You know, so I'm ready to get out and, you know, spread my wings a little more. And that's understandable. You know, I understand that. I I really am passionate because I think that business to me, that's what my heart is. That's where I want to put my life on the line, put my stake in the ground. You know, I really, really passionate and serious about doing business within these borders, having something where you can walk inside and you can be in this barber school. Gotta be set up right, and that takes resources too. That takes having that money too, and that's what I want to put my life on the line for, you know? That's what I want to leave behind, you know? Yeah. You know what time it is out there? Yeah, I feel like this was a, a good, thorough conversation. We went from 
the beginning of your story to hearing mom say well, some stuff? It's the whole tape. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're recording. We, I've been recording this whole time. And I was able to get you know, everybody's input on stuff. And I'm happy that I was able to, to do it. At least, you know, I'm going to try to. Okay, well, they can get it set up the way you want it. It's good, man. You know, you never know what it might turn into later, you know? Yeah. Something the kids can listen to and maybe gain something from, you know? Right. Yeah, that's what I wanted it for, for Israel, you know, to listen back to it. But I appreciate you guys participating in this, you know. I don't, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I'm going to make sure that your voice can be heard.